Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday, April 17th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And yesterday, I didn't get to cover this yesterday because I didn't see it until afterwards, uh, but Mark Dice, who, if you don't know, uh, he's probably most famous for his groundbreaking appearance on Ancient Aliens. Thing with him. That's why he, I think he actually works for Info. No, he doesn't. Cernovich does. Um, but he is similar to InfoWars, where he was this huge conspiracy theorist. Everything's a conspiracy. Until, coincidentally, Donald Trump got elected. Now, now he doesn't talk about the Illuminati as much, even though I'm, Trump would probably be like a 33rd degree Freemason. Isn't there evidence he is a 33rd degree Freemason? I think I've seen those conspiracy videos. They used to make those. Some of them still do, like, I don't know if a call for an uprising still around, but if you don't know, is a horrible person in general, but he at least stayed consistent. Seriously, he at least stayed consistent. He at least said that everything was a conspiracy. Same thing with David Icke. And I have way more respect for David Icke and the call for an uprising. Then I do for Mark Dice and Alex Jones. If only because those two kept their batshit beliefs after a president that they kind of tolerated got into office. Um, but no, like, David Icke believes Donald Trump is also a reptilian. Where is Alex Jones on that? You know, he got some left-wing viewerships in the Bush years for for on Republicans, but Trump goes on Alex Jones' show. Now, sorry. Sorry. He's not part of the New World Order. He's not um, any of this. He is just the greatest. He's going to save the world, all that. But anyway, enough about why I hate Mark Dice. Here is um what he was talking about. So whose feelings did... Oh, did Owen Scheuer hurt to get banned? Uh, if you don't remember, Owen Soyboy, as I call him, was the InfoWars host we covered the night before last, who is holding a rally tomorrow at the Texas State Capitol. Tomorrow. Now, previous civil disobeyers, people like Martin Luther King Jr., um, risked being put in jail and even possibly killed for their cause. Same thing with people who violated the Fugitive Slave Act. Um, same thing with people who violated Jim Crow laws in general. But man, Owen Soyboy is the real hero because he was banned from fucking Twitter. Give me a break. And then Dice followed that up with update: Media Matters pressured Twitter to ban Owen Soyboy for streaming himself violating the social distancing orders in Texas. Why the hell is violating in quotes there, Mark? That's objectively what happened, and you guys are proud of that. Knowles was saying on his show this week that we should be engaging in civil disobedience. No, the truth is you're just a pussy. You are just a pussy. I don't like saying that kind of stuff, but it's true. It is true. You are a coward. You want to be able to violate whatever laws you want, including the Twitter TLS, which specifically bans you from violating actual laws through using that platform. You just want to be able to violate it because you're the heroes. Well, you know what? Heroes have enemies. If the truth is, you don't want to be an actual hero, Mark. Neither does Owen. What they want is they want to be just this consequence-free character. They don't want the struggles actual heroes had to go through to get their status. Instead, they'd rather it just be given to them on civil... It's entitlement. That's the only word I can really use to describe it. It's entitlement. And for the record, I read that Media Matters article on this show the night before last. You can check it. Literally, the only thing Media Matters did was provide context and a transcript. That's it. And that's why, side note, all these far-right figures fucking hate Media Matters. 
oh, they are lying about... The me you know what Media Matters actually does? The same thing with Right Wing Watch. They just post clips and transcripts. That's, honest to God, really the only thing they do. But they don't like it because they want to be able to say their crazy shit in isolation. Uh, what was the Stephen Colbert joke back at, during the phony soldier controversy? Which you don't know, Rush Limbaugh uh, called someone a phony soldier or a collar did. I forget the exact context. In 07, if they were against the war in Iraq. You know, what was the Colbert joke? You know, if Media Matters doesn't want people to get offended by Limbaugh's comments, they should just stop reposting them. Exactly. Well, if Owen Soyboy didn't want to be banned from Twitter or didn't want to have his stuff mirrored on Media Matters, maybe he should just shut up. Maybe he shouldn't call for actual civil disobedience. I mean, there was that Michigan protest that they were all fawning over. Now the governor of Michigan is directly saying their social distancing is going to have to go on for longer as a result. You all are just pathetic. There's no better word for it. This is pathetic. This is the most pathetic group of people I've seen in a long time. Anyway, here's something I found from Reason. It's possible to cut cropland use in half and produce the same amount of food, says new study. Oh, oh no. Don't tell me we may have to use those evil, evil GMOs. Oh no, I'm <laughs> just restoring up to 2.2 million square miles to nature. If during the next 60 to 70 years the world farmers reaches the average yield of today's U.S. corn growers, the 10 billion will need only half of today's cropland while they eat today's American calories, concluded uh, agronomist, agronomist? I, I've never heard that, agricultural scientist, Paul Wagon, Wagoner, in his ninth, seminal 1996 article, How Much Land Can 10 Billion People Spare for Nature? In their 2013 article, Peak Farmland, The Prospect of Land Sparing, Wagner and Rockefeller University researcher Jesse Alvin and Idaho Weckner, citing current global trends, yield increases in fertilized deployment, calculated if biofuel product production could be reined in that as much as 400 million paradites, 1.5 million square miles, Jesus, of current cropland could be returned to nature by 2060. That's about 25% of the land currently devoted to growing crops. Quote, now we are confident that we stay on the peak of cropland use, gazing at a wild expansive of land that will be spared for nature, the author concludes. Oh no, silly, silly agricultural scientists. In truth, what we really need to be doing is worrying about overpopulation. Um, because what we should be doing is we should be eating purely organic. Okay, food. Now, they can still use pesticides. Did you guys know this? That organic food is still allowed to use pesticides, just not synth synthetic pesticides. And as such, the pesticides they use are actually more toxic to humans than the pesticides you find in non-organic foods. Seriously. But no, we can't use any of that new technology method. Greenpeace said so. All those hippie assholes said so. Oh, God. I'm just going to plot all my cards on the table. I'm very pro-GMO, if you can't tell. I don't believe in farm subsidies either, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, but no, we live in an era where we don't need nearly the amount of farmland we used to, and yet we're still worrying about things like overpopulation, which is a total myth, by the way. Overpopulation is utterly nonsensical. I remember, I forget who said it, I think it was, of all people, G.K. Chesterton, who I think was a complete nut on most things. But he had this really good quote, is next time you hear someone talk about the surplus population, ask them if they're a part of it. Seriously, are they a part of the surplus population? And for that matter, organic farming is complete nonsense as well. Norman Borlaug, who is one of the greatest human beings of all time, if not the greatest human being of all time, says or said organic farming could only feed up to four million or four billion people. 
Well, we currently have almost 9 billion people running around. So, which half are just going to have to die? This is my question to people who eat organic food. Which half are going to have to die? Seriously. Or not who eat it, but people who promote it and want to ban GMOs. I have nothing against you if you personally eat organic food. Okay? I eat junk food, and that's basically the same thing. <laughs> I don't eat organic. I find it to be a complete waste of money. I, for that matter, also find it to be, typically just, you look at it, it's not as nutrient-dense as GMO food. I mean, if you want the perfect example of that, look at golden rice. That could have saved the millions of children in the third world nation, but what did fucking Greenpeace have to do? Should be put on trial for crimes against humanity, in my opinion, over that. They destroyed the research, claimed there was no research, and got third world countries to ban it. The anti-GMO movement is one of the most evil movements in U.S. history. And if we had it my way, there would be a branch of the Pentagon fighting them. It is worth noting that according to food and agricultural organization data, cropland has not yet topped out, but agricultural land, which includes pastures, peaked back in 2000. Now a new study in the Journal of Nature Substability by researcher Christian Forberth and his colleagues at the International Institute of Applied Systems Anal Analysis in Australia reinforces the findings from these earlier reports. In their article, Global Cop Global cropland sparring potential of high-yield farming, the researchers calculate a scenario that closed current global yield gaps, bringing the crop yield of farmers in poorer countries up to those in richer countries. Achieving the goal, quote, would allow reduction of the cropland area required to maintain present production volumes by nearly 50% of its current extent. That would mean that it, about 576 million hectares 2.2 million square miles could be restored to nature. Conservationalists! Where the hell are you guys? Seriously, where the hell are you guys? You're just telling me that you're all ignoring this? Of course you are. No, like, we should be enacting, if we actually gave a shit about natural conservation, which we don't, Environmentalism in the U.S. is just an excuse to tie the hands of industry. It's not really actually about protecting the environment. If it were, we would be turning on nuclear power plants again. And, for that matter, subsidizing the fuck out of GMOs. And I mean the fuck out of them. I mean, we'd be giving them, like, almost all of our federal budget. Okay, you probably couldn't give them that much. I mean, research only happens so fast. But we'd be giving GMO research, like, at least a percent of our federal budget. If we actually gave a shit about conservation. We don't, though. Environmental policies in the U.S. aren't so much about protecting the environment anymore. They're just about anti-capitalism. Otherwise, we would be dedicating so much time and effort to this and to actually reducing the amount of farmland. Because that's one of the things that actually hurt a lot of animals was farmland in general. And we would be, again, subsidizing nuclear power nonstop, or at the very least not subsidizing the coal industry. Barack Obama, we I've talked about it, you all remember Solyndra. Barack Obama gave three times the amount of money he gave to Solyndra to a project to export coal from India. And nobody talked about that one. Look it up if you don't believe me. Uh, the researchers also sketch out an alternative high yield crop or high crop yield scenario that specifically aims to protect and expand the habits of threatened species. In that case, cropland use would sink, would still shrink by almost 40%. Again! Conservationalists, environmentalist groups, where the hell are you guys? Seriously. Now, I am, I am to some extent environmentalist. I like taking care of the environment. But and that's why I'm one of the actual real ones, because I'm not out here 
fighting free markets, if you actually look at the numbers, the free market correlates nearly perfectly with decrease in CO2 emissions, or not decrease in CO2 emissions specifically, but cleaner environments. You know, they always make fun of privatization, but look at what uh, Fish Legal has been doing in the UK. That's been a great conservation effort on the, on the part of the fish. I'd be doing stuff like that. I wouldn't be out there subsidizing these nonsense powers that are never going to work. In order to get solar power to pay out flat, in order to get solar power to the entire country, you would need to fill something like the entire state of Arizona with solar panels. And even then it doesn't always work. Germany has supposedly moved to 100% renewable energy. But they still have energy shortages and parts for that matter because the weather is unpredictable. You cannot predict the weather. They have parts where energy is so cheap they're actively giving it away. It's not doing anything. They have a very inconsistent power grid. And that was the end result of this 100% environmental project. So yeah, this is what I'd be doing. This is what I would be doing if I were in charge of the EPA. I'd be focusing on actual conservation of decreasing the amount of farmland and doing all of this in order to actually create a system where the environment can be conserved. Because as of right now, we don't live in that society because of the way that Government has, has both refused to act and acted counterproductively. And it is very, very, very sad. Anyway, um, here's some news in theater. McConnell rolls out GOP oversight effort for coronavirus relief package. Hmm, who, who do you think he's going to get? You know, they aren't going to get actual Republicans who are critical of Trump. People like Senator Romney or Senator Collins or Senator Paul, or, or God forbid a Democrat, none of those either. I bet it's going to be some apologists. I bet it's going to be people who you only hear about because they vote with Trump so often. That's what I'm betting. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, our Kentucky, on Friday tapped Senators Mike Crapo. Dude, that can't be your name, can it? Mike Crapo. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. I I'm sorry, Senator Crapo. I, I, I can't even insult you. You insult yourself. And Pat Toomey to help conduct oversight on the recently passed $2.2 trillion coronavirus relief package. Okay, so the two senators they get are other shills for the, for the administration. Great already, great, love it. McConnell said in a statement that Crapo, the chairman of the Senate Banking Committee, will coordinate oversight into the CARE Act in the CARES Act, which President Trump signed the law last month, Toomey will be on the five-member Congressional Commission overseeing the Trump administration's implementation of the legislation. The CARES Act is the biggest rescue package in the history of Congress, said McConnell. Appropriate, objective, and nonpartisan oversight. And why the hell, if it's so nonpartisan, why the hell did you only get Republicans? So far, your two biggest choices were both Republicans. Really? Why not, for that matter, you want oversight, why not get you and Senator Schumer? Why not do that? Hell, you want, let's get Schumer, McConnell, and King there. Or hell, you want to just get King then. The Independent from, I think it's Maryland. No, it's Maine. Maine. That's the state he's from. Get him. 
No, instead, you only want other Republicans because they won't call Trump out. McConnell added that he made the appointment after consulting with a slew of Senate committee chairs. Toomey will serve on the so-called Congressional Oversight Commission, a key aspect of the coronavirus relief package that will oversee $500 billion briefings distributed by the Treasury Department. Senator Toomey is one of the sharpest members of the Senate, McConnell said. He is the leader on economics and finance and a key member of the Finance, Banking, and Budget Committees. The commission will benefit greatly from his experience. Again, where is everybody else? Whereas you picked two of his yes-men, more or less. Okay. So let's see who else we have. Republicans and Democrat leaders in the House and Senate will each name one member of the panel, with the chair being selected in a joint decision by McConnell and Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer last week named Barrett Ramanuati? Ramanuati? What? A former aide to Senator Warren, to the panel and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Tap Representative French Hill, R. Arkansas, to serve on the committee. Again, so just more Trump shills. Again, the Republican Party doesn't actually want oversight. If they did, they'd be, first off, they'd be condemning the president for firing all of his existing oversight. Remember that for a couple of weeks? We covered that on the show. When he was firing people. On the Oversight Commission. Go check the archives. You don't believe me. Now, we find out that even the Republicans do get the name of they want oversight. It's, it's Mike Crapo and Pat Toomey. Both of which are just, are just Republican Party chills. They don't have independent thought. They're just rubber stamps for whatever the Republicans say. And McConnell kind of has to be that, mind you, because he's a Senate majority leader and a Republican Senate leader. So he really can't go against the reviews. That's why he votes for Trump, I think it's like 100% of the time. Um, but no, we see this. That is what this comes down to. Okay, let's let's continue on. Pelosi is yet to to name her pick and said Thursday that she is working with McConnell to work up a list of contenders for the committee's chairmanship. The House Speaker has also indicated that she will establish a new select committee to conduct oversight of CARES Act, though she is yet to name its members and would likely need a House vote to formally create the panel. So again, the president's choice, the Senate Majority Leader's choice, sorry. For who he wants to lead this commission are two shills. That's what he wants at the end of the day. That's what he wants to be the majority. They just want it because, again, they don't want oversight. That's why they voted to give Trump this 500, half a trillion dollar, half a trillion dollar slush fund that he and Steve Mnuchin could spend however they wanted. The fact this isn't the scandal of the decade should be telling you something. And we just started off the decade. Oh, but the new decade doesn't start in the next year. Oh, no, we're not doing that. Did the set did it was nineteen eighty part of the seventies? No, it wasn't. Was two thousand part of the nineties? No, it wasn't. Okay. We're in the new decade. Don't don't do that. Don't. But there was no year zero. Yes, there was. There was probably a year zero at some point. We just don't know. It was 13.8 billion years ago. I'm sorry. That whole thing bothered me. Had to get out there real quick. But no, they don't want oversight. Again, because if oversight, we might find out the president is not perfect. Anyway, uh, here's something else. Thirteen senators joined Harris's letter urging Mnuchin to exempt coronavirus checks from private debt collectors. Collection. 
This was a study I, or this was a story I read about a few days ago, but I didn't cover it because I thought I read something wrong. That's how corrupt it was. I'm just going to read you this. A group of Senate Democrats is urging Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin to exempt checks from being issued as part of last month's $2.2 trillion coronavirus relief bill from being subject to garnishment by debt collectors. 14 senators on, hot, on Friday sent a letter spearheaded by Senator Kamala Harris to Mnuchin urging him to issue regulatory rules that would exempt the stimulus check from private debt collection. I mean, obviously, obviously, this has nothing to do with debt money. This is money that is being given to you because you paid taxes the year before. Despite what people like Charlie Kirk are saying, Charlie Kirk just tweeted yesterday that illegal immigrants shouldn't get any of the stimulus check. Illegal immigrants aren't getting it because, according to Kirk at least, they don't pay taxes. They don't file tax returns. We know that. We know they don't file tax returns because they can't. Otherwise, they'd be deported. So they're not getting any Trump bucks anyway. And for that matter, if it's all taxpayer-based, why the hell? Are we then determining that if you have debt that's completely unrelated, you shouldn't be allowed to get any money? That doesn't make any sense. There are concerns that the direct assistance checks that Americans are receiving may be subject to private debt collection, which could potentially deprive Americans of essential assets that they need in order to pay bills and keep food on the table. The senator wrote, to Mnuchin in a letter, a copy of which was, ordained, was obtained by The Hill ahead of its release. We ask you to act right away to use Treasury rulemaking authority to exempt Americans' direct assistance payments from private debt collection so American families can receive critical assistance to help them get through this unprecedented crisis they had. In addition to Harris, Sanders, Dick Durbin, Bernie Sanders, Chris Murphy, Richard Blumenthal, Chris Van Hollen, Jeff Murkey, Patty Murray, Doug Jones, Sheldon Whitehouse, Tammy Baldwin, Amy Klobuchar, and Tina Smith signed the letter. And guess what all of those people have in common? All but one of them is a Democrat. And that one is Senator Sanders, who's an independent. That a single Republican has signed on to this. Because they just don't care. Because this was all about trying to look good, but not actually doing anything. If it was, they'd be worried about it being taken from you. Because then what the hell is the point of giving out the stimulus checks if you don't get anything back? Seriously. The answer is, it helps enrich some banks. I, I knew. I was calling this when it happened that there was something else behind this. Turns out, this is it. Turns out one of the main things they want to happen is they want banks to be enriched as a result of these stimulus checks. This is just free money for banks. You may get some crumbs on accident, which Steve Mnuchin expects you to last over 10 weeks. Covered that yesterday. Seriously, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin directly said that. That he thinks $1,200 you can last 10 weeks on. Meanwhile, he spent $1,200 on one fucking meal. Probably hasn't spent, probably, probably has never spent less than $1,200 in 10 hours saying you can go 10 weeks. Like, what the hell is up with him? Seriously. It's E-V-I-L. Mnuchin is evil. And I'm not, I'm not a religious guy. I want to say that right now. I am not a religious man. I'm an atheist. I have staring right at me. On the other corner of my room is a copy of God is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens. That's how big of an atheist I am. I own God is Not Great. I have God delusion. I pretend I don't have The End of Faith because it's a horrible book, but I do have it. Sam Harris is an idiot, by the way. That's another story. And I can tell you, Mnuchin is evil. Okay? He's John Oliver's evil twin, like I was saying yesterday. He's E-V-I-L. Okay? He just doesn't care. He pretends he does. 
We all know he does, and he, he insists on lying to us. He insists. The coronavirus legislation passed last month provides $1,200 in direct assistance, which, again, Mnuchin thinks you can last 12 weeks on, or 10 weeks on, in direct assistance to individuals who make up to $75,000 a year with the amount scaled down for higher income until it reaches an annual gross adjusted income of 99000 where it phases out altogether. An additional $500 per child is also included. The letter comes after the American Prospect published audio this week of the Treasury official Rada Kent discussing with banks how they should handle the coronavirus check if the account holder had outstanding loans or debt. According to the audio, Kent told bankers there is, quote, nothing in the law that precludes the funds from being garnished and it is up to the banks. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That is worse than I thought. That is someone from the Treasury Department directly telling banks they can garnish your funds. They can garnish the funds that you earn as a tax-paying citizen of this country. That is theft. That is theft as far as I'm concerned. That is, again, evil. There is no other word for it. That is evil. This administration can only be properly described in this context as evil. And again, I cannot stress this enough. This is not me saying that they're all possessed by demons or something like Alex Jones did back when Obama was president. I don't think these people are demons. I think demons are something we made up to help us cope with the fact that there is evil in this world and that it can be done by our fellow man. And if you want to know the end result of what happens when we deny that. Look at what is going on in the White House right now. I, I honest to God do not know how else to respond to this. Other than this is, this is the definition of evil. Top banking associates also sent a letter to Senators Sherrod Brown of Ohio and Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, noting that under the coronavirus bill, quote, Congress failed to define these payments as benefits subject to preemption from garnishment. As a result, with regard to any legal garnishment, dispository institutions have no discretion and are obliged to comply with application state laws and court-ordered garnishment. Oh, no, of course. Of course they are. I just, why? The group said adding that Congress should pass language clarifying future COVID-19 payments. The senator noted in that letter to Mnuchin that coronavirus legislation did not directly exempt the direct cash payment from private debt collectors, but that it, quote, boom, bellies the intent behind the law. No, it doesn't. That's a lie. Your own Treasury Department knows that's a lie because they're the ones who told banks they could do it. You lying piece of shit. Steve Mnuchin is, to put it simply, a lying piece of shit. Wow. Anyway, uh, here's something Representative Gatiz. Uh, GOP Rep. Matt Gatiz pays campaign donors for office space despite House rules report. But wait, Matt! I thought you were for the people. That's what you were telling us. You were telling us, oh, I, I'm for the people. I fight for the common man. Turns out the common man has enough money to give fucking office space to him. Fuck you and your back-ass words populism. Your back-ass words. That's what it is, back-ass words. Representative Gatiz, who, side note, always looks grumpy. Grumpy Gatiz, hashtag that, hashtag Grumpy Gatiz, has paid a campaign donor for office space in Florida at or below market rate despite House rules prohibiting such agreements, Politico reports. Wow, you mean Matt Gatiz is the same as the rest of them? I had no idea. That's the thing, all these fucking Republicans are the fucking same.
And look, I'm not insulting your average person who is registered as a Republican. I want to make that clear. I write for the Liberty Hawk, and tons of people at the Liberty Hawk are registered at, or have been registered as members of the Republican Party. I don't take issue. I don't. I am going to say, in terms of people that run on that ticket, the vast majority of them, especially at the federal level, are the same. They are the exact same. Okay, now there are some exceptions here and there. People like Rand Paul, people like Thomas Macy's, but the vast majority of members in Congress of the Republican Party might as well be Donald Trump. I'm sorry, I know that's controversial, but it's true. It's true. Gatiz and, uh, and Pepsi-Cola, of course, Pensacola, sorry, real estate developer Color Muriel told the outlet that the district office was being leashed below market rate. No Gatiz later told the outlet it was at or below market rate. Merrill has been involved in Gatiz's political career for years, but I thought you were a populist, Macatees. I thought it was the people and not the big corporations. That's why we couldn't do free trade anymore. I thought the whole reason we couldn't do free trade was it benefited the big corporations. Like it turns out, you're fucking donors. I'm sorry, if this seems like I'm angry, that's because I am. That's because this honest to God pisses me off. You have these Fake populists who go around this country talking about how, actually, if we do libertarian economic policies, that will just benefit the big guys. Meanwhile, that's all they're ever taking money from. That's the only people they ever take money from, is the big guys who they make sure to do the bidding of while promising that if you disagree with them, it's actually you. I swear to God, at this point, saying that you are against the little guy might as well just be red baiting. Seriously, it has the same effect as red baiting. And it's always done by hypocrites. It is always done by hypocrites. This kind of populist McCarthyism, that's what it is at the end of the day. Just like how McCarthy was exposed as a hypocrite and a liar and a sack of shit all around. Well, people like Mac and T's are going to be exposed the same way. Seriously. There is no better way to describe it other than just pure hypocrisy. Hosting fundraisers at his properties and advising Gatiz on policy matters. Political reports that Gatiz has paid more than 184000 to Merrill. Empire Partners LLC to rent the sixth floor of his historic building in Pensacola, Florida, since he entered Congress in 2017. I'd probably be damned if I do, damned if I didn't. If I sent the rent too cheap, I'm probably doing him a favor. If it's too expensive, he's doing me a favor, Merrill told Politico. Gatiz has insisted that his relationship with Merrill is appropriate, but again, not by the standards that you set up, that you and your populist buddies have been setting up for years. Seriously, that stop believing in your nonsensical Trumpian ideology, and then I'll talk. Every member of Congress has relationships with their donors, and I thought that was wrong. And I thought we elected people like you to stop that. I thought we elected people like you and all your Trumper buddies to stop that. But now what's going on? The answer is... It turns out people like you are the exact same. Turns out you don't want to be different. You don't want to be revolutionary. You're the lamest revolutionary ever, Matt. Swear to God. Gatiz told the outlet, the question is whether or not those relationships are improper or illegal. House rules specify that members must seek leaves for district offices at fair rate market value and as the result of a bona fide arm's length marketplace transaction. The lesson and lessee clarify that the parties are not relative, nor have had... Okay, the whole thing is basically, Gatiz is a shill. That's what it is. Gatiz is bought and sold. Just like Holly, who took a whole bunch of money from the club for growth. Seriously, a libertarian think tank run by some of the richest men in the world. He took money from that. 
And now he's saying how he's against all the big corporations because they're destroying our country or something. This is nonsensical. Now, you know what this is? This is, again, evil. This is hypocritical and it's evil. There is no other way than to put it that I think you are evil. Seriously. Anyway, uh, here's, here's something else. Pelosi to appear on Fox News Sunday for first time since 2017. Why? Why the hell is the Speaker of the House, the Democratic Speaker of the House, appearing on the Fox Propaganda Network? I'm being serious. We know. We saw them botch the COVID-19 coverage so badly that no politician should be going on there. No serious person should be going on there. But you know who should especially not be going on there? The leader of the party that they have been holding a hate campaign on for 24 years. Seriously, I remember back when I saw Pelosi on Fox News Sunday back in 2017, I just kept thinking, why is she doing this? Seriously, why is she doing this? Why is she going on the Fox Propaganda Network? You know, the answer is, it's there is no reason for her or any Democrat to do that. They are, it's been well established, the Republican network. You know, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it just be great if all Democrats in this country, all, all political figures, all columnists, all of them, just boycotted Fox News? Just boycotted the Fox Propaganda Network, called it what it was, which is propaganda, and said, I'm not going to be on there until you actually give us neutral coverage. Not fair, co not necessarily positive coverage, but at least neutral coverage. I'm being serious. That would be amazing. That would be great just to see all of these people at the same time. Say, we're not going on your show if the only thing you're going to do is attack us. But no, these people never learn. These people will still keep going. Pelosi is going to go on the Fox Propaganda Network. I'm going to see with Chris Wallace, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Yeah, Chris Wallace. Who, if you don't know, kind of sounds like this. And mind you, he's out of all the Fox News commentators, one of the least awful ones. But he's still, his bias is all hell. Now, listen, listen, okay? Here's the thing you got to understand about, um, news. And that is, on Sunday, it is best held by a guy who just sounds... Well, I don't even know how to describe his voice. He looks like... You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Seriously. Seriously, pull, pull up a picture of both Chris Wallace and the warden from Shawshank Redemption back to back. They look really similar. And it's weird. But no... And why are they going on this? Seriously, there is no reason for any Democrat in this country or any neutral observer to go on the Fox propaganda. Now, I understand you can hold, like, town halls on there during election years. That's fine. Like what Sanders Sanders was doing. But if you're not a presidential candidate, or you're not already in a red district. Pelosi is neither. She's the Speaker of the House. She's never run for president. And she, her district is San Francisco. Which will vote for a Democrat, even if there's not a Democrat on the ballot. I'm not even being hyperbolic with that. What reason does she have? If, she's in like a, if you're in like a swing state or a swing district, okay. If you're speaking to the whole country, okay. But no, Pelosi representing her own one district. And, for that matter, she's not in a swing district in the slightest. She has no reason to go on the Fox Propaganda Network, and yet she's just going to anyway. Anyway, um...
here's the latest on Kelly Lawford and her insider trading. We covered this in detail. I think it was in the second week of the show. You can go check. It's like episode 10 or something. In which basically, even like Tucker Carlson was calling for her to be locked up from that. But don't worry. She has a response from Mediate. Senator Kelly Lawford calls criticism of stock traders, quote, a socialist attack in Fox News interview. Senator Kelly Lawford, Republican from Georgia, who was never elected, by the way, she was appointed by Brian Kemp, who also possibly was never elected, who faces continuing questioning regarding her recent stack dumping amidst the coronavirus, is billing the criticism as a socialist attack. Fox Propaganda Network anchored Sandra Smith in an interview on Friday morning. By the way, again, it's the same network Speaker Pelosi is going to appear on. Preps the senator with a variety of questions on the actions she is taking in to aid in the response to the coronavirus and pivoted to ask about her stock dumps. We had you on this program within 24 hours of this news coming out suggesting that, for some reason, you made an insider trade, Lawfer said. You and your husband... Wait, Lawfer said that? I... Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be Smith saying it? You and your husband with your individual investments, your private investments, you came on the program and denied. You have since said that you were going to liquidate your individual stock additions despite the fact that you are defending yourself on that. You said just to avoid the controversy and criticism. Have you done that? Here's what Walker replied with. You ready? Which, again, I assume means Smith said the first thing despite what media I was telling Yes, and I've been very open about addressing all those questions, Locker replied. This is a political attack that is designed to distract from the issue at hand and to use the outbreak to play politics. Oh no, not politics! Anything but that! Anything but that! I, I hate this whole thing. Oh, you're just trying to play politics. You know what? When I hear from a congressman, the only thing I can think of is, yeah, you're a politician, get over it. Don't be, do you want to avoid politics? Don't be a politician. Um, we have taken extra address, we have addressed this and taken extraordinary measures to make sure that we can't be attacked for our success. This gets at a very heart of why I came to Washington, because Brian Kemp told you to. Because Brian Kemp told you to. That's why you did it. You weren't elected. The people of Georgia didn't vote for you. Most people in Georgia didn't know who the hell you were. You were put there because Governor Brian Kemp, in an election he possibly stole, he possibly, guys, stole from Stacey Abrams, picked you. This gets to a, to defend free enterprise, to defend capitalism, and this is a socialist attack. A socialist attack. Now, as you guys know, there is no one who is more in favor of capitalism than I am. Okay? And, I want to stress this right now, I hate her. I hate her, and I hate her even more because of this. Because all you are doing is you are tarnishing the name of the free market by associating it with a activity as despicable as insider trading. An activity and corruption, for that matter. That's the other thing you're associating it with. And this is, if anything, going to turn more people towards socialism. Congratulations. Congratulations. Fuck you. We have taken extraordinary measures, and I am only focusing slowly on working for Georgians. The senator continues to maintain there was no wrongdoing on her part, of course. And if you disagree, by the way, you are probably, probably Mao Zedong, okay? Meanwhile, she's just poor little Ayn Rand, writing novels about how actually socialism is bad, and you're the big bad USSR. Censoring her. Okay. I I'm sorry, but I can't get over this. What does she think socialism is?
other than whenever a corporate leader is made to feel mildly uncomfortable. The more uncomfortable they are made to feel, the more socialister it is. I, I even showed this to a few socialist friends of mine, because believe it or not, I have those. And they were just sitting there thinking, what the hell is she talking about? I mean, yes, yeah, socialists don't agree with that, neither do most people. Neither does Tucker Carlson. I mean, okay, I've accused Tucker Carlson of being a nationalist socialist, so, eh. I guess we are in agreement there. But so is even other Fox News commentators. So have other Republicans, like McAtee's. Let's talk about him a few segments ago. Is he a socialist now? I mean, maybe. Rand Paul thinks you're corrupt. Is he a socialist? He's the farthest thing from a socialist. No, the truth is you're just trying to red bait. In 2020. Go back. Go hold up a list. Here's what I want Senator Lawford to do. I want her to make a list, okay? Of all the people she thinks are socialists who are attacking her. Never show us that list. Uh, make up the amount of people on that list. And then announce it to the entire country. Seriously, I want her to do that. Anyway, uh, this is another one you guys probably saw. It's more from the Fox Propaganda Network. And then, Okay, that's not... Yeah, this is the one I was... Pushing the restart economy, Dr. Phil, by the way, Dr. Phil does not have a medical license anymore. He hasn't had a medical license for years. So calling him doctor is completely inaccurate. He's just Phil. Preferably liar Phil. Cites inaccurate data on car accidents, swimming, pool deaths. We don't shut down the country for life. In a bizarre early lit interview with Fox News' Laura Ingram, Celebrity talk show psychologist Dr. Phil McGraw argued for rapid reopening of the economy and tried to justify the end of the coronavirus mitigation measurement by citing annual mortality rates for car accidents and swimming pool deaths. And let's see where I can get the uh, quote exactly. Uh, but McGraw permitted. Okay, here's what he said. Uh, 250, 250 people a year die from poverty, McGraw claimed. The poverty line, okay, where, where is the, uh, here's one of the numbers he cited. The fact of the matter is that we have people dying, 45,000 people a year, from automobile accidents. Actually, the number's close to about 39,000. Um, and for that matter, the reason for that, McGraw, Phil McGraw, okay? You're not a doctor, so stop lying about that. But also, Phil McGraw, just so you know, it's because a swimming pool deaths and car accidents aren't contagious. COVID-19 is. Okay? Do we understand that? You can't catch a case of car accident. You can't, oh, I sneezed, I might have given you drowning. No, you idiot. You absolute idiot. You absolute utter buffoon. Those aren't caught, those aren't contagious. That's why we don't care, but that's why we don't stop preventing them. By the way, we do actually try and prevent car accidents in this country. That is why we have stoplights. That's why we have street signs. Has, has Phil McGraw ever driven on a road? Serious question. Has he ever seen a stoplight and gone, oh, wonder why that's there? Has he ever wondered why we have street signs? Seriously. Seriously. The answer is because of prevention. And for that matter, to all the Republicans saying we're doing too much, these are the same people who gave us 51 hearings over four deaths in Benghazi. Seriously. Remember that? Four people died in Benghazi in our, at our um, embassy in Libya. And mind you, Hillary Clinton could, could not have done anything but stop it, regardless of what they kept claiming. 
And we held 51 hearings, did multiple investigations, even Republican-controlled House Intelligence Committees found that they did nothing wrong, and yet we still kept doing investigations of it. That is fine. But when 10,000 times that amount of people die, that's just a minor illness, according to Laura Ingram. And now she's got Phil McGraw, along with Oz, who's not a doctor. Wizard of Oz is what he should be called. Who's a shill. That's who Fox News' health experts are right now, people. They're Phil McGraw and Wizard of Oz. Really? Really? That's, that's who you're getting? To go on there, uh, Oz yesterday said 2 to 3% of people dying is fine. And by the way, even if he meant students, which is what some people were claiming, that's still over a million people. We covered it yesterday. Dr. Oz went on Fox News and said if 2 to 3% of people die from COVID-19, even if he just meant students, that'd be over 1 million people. If he meant population, it'd be 9 million people. But Michael Knowles doesn't think that there's anyone claiming that. Sides his side, and they can claim it all they want, and he doesn't care. It's just ridiculous. It is honest to God, just ridiculous. Anyway, here's our last story from the night. It's also from Mediate. Uh, Lou Dobbs suggests coronavirus could be a biological weapon, proposes U.S. take China to war. This is what I've been telling you guys. This is what I've been warning you against. The fact is, the media wants a war with China. There's no way around it. That is what they want. They want us to go to war with China. That's why they're proposing it. Fox News, if you guys remember from earlier this week, the Fox Propaganda Network is the same network that started that bullshit story that COVID-19 was made. So I guess the U.S., so China could compete with the U.S. or something that was then picked up by CNN idiotically, in my opinion, was also cited in Yahoo News, though, so I guess it's okay. Just, you, you don't, I don't believe this. I legitimately cannot believe this, and I've been doing multiple segments, exposing these people, because this is where they reveal their plans. The fact is, if you want to know where Republicans are revealing their true intentions. You watch the Fox News Network. That's where they prime the general public for all of their ideas and test on the American people. I'm serious. Look at what the Fox News Network calls for, then immediately Washington calls for it. Uh, despite the Pentagon strongly downplaying the possibility and no evidence to support inclusion, Lou Dobbs suggested that coronavirus could be a biological weapon and proposed the United States go to war with China over the outbreak. In an interview Thursday with K.T. McFarland, who served as a deputy national security advisor under President Donald Trump, Dobbs floated the possibility that the whole coronavirus created by China as a biological weapon. If this turns out to be a biological weapon, KT, if this happens to be a to be a conscious and overact on the part of the Chinese military, and we know that biological warfare is part of their military doctrine, a signature part of China, just as cyber warfare or any other, if this were to turn out to be be that, what should be the response? Dobbs said. Because I'm not interested in two- and three-year programs. This country is not operating in the 21st century. If we think we have time to retool, reposition, repurpose, we have to do it now. Um, here's another thing Dobbs said. If we don't go to war over the loss of 33,000 Amer or 31,000 American lives, which I thought Dr. Phil said was no big deal, and I thought Dr. Oz said it was no big deal. This is the cognitive dissonance that we've been talking about. The Republican Party is both arguing that this is nothing, we shouldn't be doing anything about it, and that, oh my God, we need to rethink all our trade, and we need to rethink our entire foreign policy because of nothing, by their own admission. What they are declaring, nothing, 
They are also saying we should sanction China and go to war against them in the case of Lou Dobbs, who again is just giving you a primer on what they're going to call for fairly soon here. When do we quit sending strong letters and start talking tough? At what point are there consequences for this kind of behavior? Because whether they did it intentionally or not, we know this, that virus was unleashed on the world and they lied. And that is the same as making it an international and conscious act of warfare as far as I'm concerned. So again, he wants to go to war. Lou Dobbs, a bloodthirsty maniac in my mind, is priming us, grooming us, if you will, regarding what he wants the future of American politics with China to be. And I find that to be disgusting, honestly. Because we lose in a war with China, and he knows that, but he just doesn't care. He doesn't care. This is what they were warning us about. The Project for New and American Century. You guys might remember that. It comes up in several circles about how we need to do regime change in Iraq and Afghanistan back in the 90s. And a lot of people who worked at it became neocons in the Bush administration. Their end goal is regime change in China. Bill Crystal has talked about that. Um, but no, we just this is what the end goal is. And they are seeing this as an opportunity, as an opening. Now, I don't believe they unleashed this. I want to make that clear. I don't believe the government unleashed this. What I do believe is that they're definitely profiting off that, and they're definitely using it as an ulterior motive. I'm Efron, and good night.